Hey everybody, they said we would never be anything, but here we are with the weekly comic book podcast, proving all of them wrong. We're somebody, and you're somebody too, so thanks so much for listening to us. You stepped into the wild, wild world of First Issue Club Podcast. There's hundreds of comic books that come out each week. A bunch of them happen to be number one first issues. We cover the best and the brightest of those number ones each week. If you want to read along with us, go ahead and follow us on any social media. If you just want to dip your toe into that world of comic books, let us be your leader through that crazy world. All right, Greg, what do we got today? In today's episode, we're covering Weapon H from Marvel, Lucy Dreaming from Boom Studios, and Usagi Ujimbo from Dark Horse. All right, club members, who's in the club with us today, and what is your fantasy superhero mashup? This is Budget King. And my fantasy superhero mashup would be Boss Baby and Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> would he ride a motorcycle or would he like be a, like baby a baby skull? A baby yeah, skull on ba- fire? Yes, and death. <laughs> um, and yes. a genius. Yeah, death, genius, boss, <laughs> baby, ghost rider, baby, boss. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the most literal mashups. <laughs> cool. This is Will Tony. Uh, my mashup would be Quail Man and Static Shock. Ooh. Oh. You don't hear Quail Man that often. You don't. <laughs> I think it's because of the whole belt on the head. And the underwear out of the pants. Yeah. And static electricity. I think it would work <laughs> out really well. It is kind of the perfect setting yeah. for that ability yeah. to happen. Okay, I am Caitlin Morosic, and I think, I think I'm gonna pick Invisible Woman and Jessica Jones because being super strong and being able to not be detected, just so you're just like throwing things around or picking stuff up and you can't be seen, would be pretty dope. And it would help out in her line of detective work. Yes, it also would help her <laughs> in a more practical way <laughs> that I did not realize. You could literally spy on I, someone in the same you room. You know what yeah. I thought? I was like, you could prank so many people. <laughs> that was like what I went to <laughs> but first. But you didn't pick a prankster. Where did I know. <laughs> but like being invisible and throwing things around would be. Why is there always peanut butter on my phone? <laughs> That has nothing to do with super strength either. I'm literally just... (laughs) Pranked ya. My name is Greg Lichtai, and I would mash up Cyclops and Daredevil because I, too, have an ocular handicap, and I think it would be kind of nice to have those two mashed up together. Uh, I think it's maybe not that great of a mashing up because Daredevil can't see, Mm -hmm. so nothing would come out of his eyes. So he would just be Daredevil. (laughs) (laughs) But he knows that if he ever gets his sight back, he's a force to be reckoned with. Right, which would make him, I think, depressed. Okay. (laughs) Is Cyclops... Isn't he already kind of... Is he opening up his eyes beyond uh, underneath the LeVar Burton uh, sunglasses? uh, Okay, so the visor that he wears... Gives him the ability, gives him the ability to open his eyes and see. Because if he didn't have the ocular yeah. visor, if you're right, if he opened his eyes, it's that just unbridled power of the lasers. So out of his Daredevil eyes. could still shoot. Yeah, that's wouldn't. kind of. You know, know what? You're right. No, he just wouldn't know what he's shooting at. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have Which to keep his eyes know, yeah. shut Russian, all the time. You have Russian roulette uh, <laughs> cyclops. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that you made. A, you ended up making a worse superhero by combining <laughs> a superhero with the debilitating. Uh, should I call DC and see if they have any job openings? <laughs> oh. You heard me, bitch. <laughs> Ragman. Um, oh. He's been around since the '60s, though. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ragman. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ragman. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get this podcast started. <laughs> All right, listeners. Now we have Weapon H, written by Greg Pak and drawn by Corey Smith. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, Marvel did this thing. Because they wanted your money, and they actively recognized what they did in this comic book. They mashed up the Hulk and Wolverine. Now, nobody asked for this, <laughs> and I'm not sure anybody even wanted it. But here we are, reviewing Weapon H, number one, from Marvel. So Weapon H is about this young man. What's his name? I totally forgot. Clay. 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 So Weapon H follows around Clay, who was the product of an experiment to make a, I would say, a super soldier that it combines the genes of Hulk and Wolverine into one body uh, that somehow doesn't tear itself apart whenever it transforms, which I'll get into later because it's just <laughs> fucking irritating. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that problematically. <laughs> so here we see Corey on the run um, after escaping the... Clay. Sorry, here we see Clay on the run from escaping the laboratory where he was made. Um, he's taking on odd jobs uh, on construction sites, um, just trying to keep a low profile. Uh, that doesn't last very long because someone says some unkind words to him, and apparently he can't have the self-control enough not to fucking transform into this monstrous beast. So the simple life that he once had, now he has to run away from again. So To be fair, he was at gunpoint. It wasn't just somebody saying like mean things. Yeah, you'd probably go Hulk, too, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to review the rest of this comic? Or, I mean, I could just... <laughs> you going to call out my fragile masculinity right now? <laughs> go right ahead. All right. So, after, I guess, uh, he rightfully hulks out from being threatened with a gun. Are they, from, are they skinheads? I think they're One just upset like that it. they're hiring... Illegal immigrants to work on okay. construction. And they sites. happen to have no hair on their head. They happen to have like very short haircuts. Yeah. Like a, okay. yeah. Do you say a center haircut? Also known as a mohawk. It's true. It's a good way to say that. <laughs> the scientific term is so mohawk. Sleep deprived this weekend. Lay off me. If that's it a thing, is a center it's, haircut. It's very true. It's yeah. a very good description of what it is. If it's a thing that Marvel's going to keep on bringing the alt-right in as the villains, then I'm okay, I'm okay with, it. with it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah I'm fine. good with that. Call me an SJW. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> All day long. That's so, a theme? It, it's happened. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and other ones. Which, more power to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so after Corey escapes this tussle with these... Clay. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See how fucking forgettable this character is? I can't even get his name right. So after this gentleman escapes this scuffle with what we'll call alt-right sympathizers. Yeah. Uh, he goes into the wilderness to try to escape just human interaction altogether so he won't be tempted to hulk out, Wolverine style. Comes across these researchers in a tent that have been stranded there without food. The, mm -hmm. the helicopter went off with all the rations and they're freaking out. Common mistake. 
happens all the time. I can't tell you how many woodland adventures I've been on and the helicopter left with my food. Uh, so they're freaking out. Clay hears this. He says, don't get involved. He goes, oh, get involved. And here's the thing. Clay is always like, don't get involved. Guess what he does? He always fucking gets involved. Yeah. He needs to start saying the opposite of what he wants to do. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's just reverse psychologying himself. He's his own worst enemy. Anyway, he kills this deer for these people, and they're thankful for it. One of them is. Boop, Go boop. ahead. Can I ask a question? Yeah. That's, my, that's my insert. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did When he hulks out, he's sentient, though, or he must be. What do you mean? Well, yes, it's not like he can't. He, it's not like oh, I'm not talking to Banner. I'm talking to Hulk. Yeah, he's still Clay. Cause he like when he was Hulk, he 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 hulked, killed a deer, brought it to them, went back to normal. I I don't think Banner could do that, right? We haven't really seen that much control from Banner okay. over the Hulk. So boop boop. I'm <laughs> are you booping out? Yeah. Boop, boop. <laughs> we uh, find out that these researchers are actually trying to find this sacred location where this colony of people went missing and resorted to cannibalism ultimately they uh, begin to celebrate that they found this uh, location one of the researchers hands out celebratory beef jerky Com- which, so common. which is a thing <laughs> when you're starving mm-hmm. yeah well, when your helicopter yeah. copter leaves you without rations um, and I uh, I guess I misspoke there it wasn't beef jerky it was human jerky <laughs> whoopsie <laughs> got ourselves a cannibal <laughs> And this is no ordinary human jerky, everyone. It is lace. Because this jerky turns you into the motherfucking Wendigo. <laughs> and apparently when you're the Wendigo, you have to just shriek your name <laughs> <laughs> at all times. Yeah. I uh, didn't even. What is that? <laughs> you don't see like on the Serengeti people going like, Cheetah! <laughs> people. A lot of like or WWE characters say their name a lot. There you go. This is a mythical creature. <laughs> He's got a chair, the Wendigo. <laughs> oh, and also we found out one of the researchers is like a Terminator robot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. He doesn't uh, last long, though. No, he doesn't. He gets his robot head cut off, and no one's really upset about it. Anyway, Clay sees this. He, Wolverine, hulks out, tries to save the day against the Wendigo, and then we get the fake to be continued with Doctor Strange peering into his weird, foggy crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> this comment is psycho. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you give children marijuana <laughs> and they write a comic and someone stumbles across it and they're like, you know what? We can make this work. In case you're worried about the stakes of this comic, can I read uh, the last sentence of this comic book? Please do. Uh, oh, the, Their oh survival God. and continued profitability of this entire planet is at stake. Now I suggest everyone here do everything they can to ensure we get to the bottom of this this Hulkverine. <laughs> I I want to know what you guys thought of this batshit crazy comic book. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was confusing because it didn't really seem different than either of the stories that it mashed up. It was just sort of like a little bit of a, it seemed like a filler comic, and I wasn't sure if that was what they were going for, but it was just kind of like, the same story with the same type of guy as that person as well, so it didn't really seem like they were branching out too yeah. much. I totally agree. I, yes. Yeah. We get this a lot when they explain things in the back, and it was like, but we gave him deep backstory, and we like all this stuff, and we made it over the top. No, you didn't. 
You combine you a- y- yeah, you combine Hulk and Wolverine and honestly, I I may be in the minority in this. I kind of liked it in a weird way. Like I I think it's like it's almost so basic of like we're just combining two superheroes like our question in the beginning where it's like I kind of want to see where this goes and like if this is a character they're I don't think they're going to keep around, but I'm like interested to see what threw me off a little bit was like the the line I read before where it was like the the war, sake of the the world could be ending I'm like I don't give a shit about that <laughs> I just want Hulk to tear up some more alt writers or Hulk Farine I, yeah. I do have a problem with all the high stakes like it's like we're all so desensitized to pretty much anything happening stakes wise that now it's just the fate of the earth in every single book that we read yeah you don't need to do that at, at you can you can bring it back a little it's like on the at, scope. It's like yeah. at work where they write like, you ever have this like an email headline is like nine one one emergency. Well, if all your fucking emails are nine one one emergency, <laughs> then nobody's gonna read your goddamn emails. Yes. Marvel. I have thankfully so. never gotten that email <laughs> <laughs> at my work. Question, guys, what's our two biggest properties that we could mash together to make more money? Yeah, that actually works sometimes though. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love. Sometimes I'll go to Burger King. I'll get a Whopper, then I'll go and get a uh, like a quesadilla from Taco Bell, slam them together, and that and that <laughs> lunch was better than one of the other two options that I had chosen for that day. What are the, what's that called? Bang bang. A bang bang. Mm-hmm. Bang bang. Really? Mm-hmm. When you did just, you just name the thing I invented? Well, it's bang bang is technically when you go back to back to different fast food restaurants. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Not when you slam them together. No. No. It's like I'm also just picturing you just literally smashing yeah. it together. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, smash. <laughs> Eat food. Which is fun. <laughs> you can't say this book wasn't fun. I can't. So. I won't. You please don't. <laughs> All right. And now we have Lucy Dreaming on... Boom. Uh, this is a another coming of age story, but it isn't really it isn't really like any others. I liked it. I thought it was pretty original. Lucy is, of course, the titular character, and she is an angsty, but she's surprisingly self-aware for um, her age. She's like tween, maybe. She finds herself one day with glowing pupils and the ability to actually live out her dreams where she is this brave heroine that she idolizes in all of these books in Waking Life. And she's even kind of admiring and respecting the women around her. So this is something that it makes sense that she would just be dreaming at night and all of a sudden the stories that she finds herself in are these brave heroine type stories. And an extra fun twist, Lucy's parents um, at the very, very beginning, they seem super mundane and out of touch and she's just over them much like a normal teen girl would be. But they kind of throw a wrench in at the end where she wakes up from this first dream, this crazy story with this guy this guy who's, like, uh, full of bravado, and he is, like, he can do, he c- controls the time time wind, or what is that that he controls? He, he, yeah. He, it's not, Yeah, he's telepathically controlling some life force or wind force um, I don't know it's the uh, life wind life there wind there, there it is and um, she's shooting the heads off these alien robot guys and 
So she wakes up from this crazy dream where she finally, toward the end, realizes this may not be a dream. Yeah. She um, gets, like, hurt. Yeah, yeah. And she wakes up and her parents are like, hmm, see your eyes. Looks like we may need to have a talk. We <laughs> Revealing <have> <laughs> that they know everything or at least a lot more than they've let on. We just should have told you that any moment you could die in your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Would have enjoyed Dad. a head up, heads up earlier on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. This book was so, so funny. Yeah. I it, it had quips. It had just very funny observations for this. It's interesting to put a tween in a story and make them funny instead of just super annoying. Do you do you think she was written as like a good uh angsty teenager? Yes. I do. Why? I, the only thing I may I think they maybe missed was that most teens aren't that self-aware. They're mm-hmm. not having this inner monologue that is really on point mm-hmm. and really um, realistic with how they view themselves in relation to others and what they think their motives are and what their underlying emotional emotional experiences. That's not often the case. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit it because for me I. I really liked this teen and like really related. And I was like, yeah, totally. That's what they would think. And so much so that I'm like, wait a minute. This is like a person my age yes. writing what they think a teenager should be thinking. Yes. Which is, that's fine. I mean, it appealed to me. Yeah. I do think when they put her in this dream situation, a lucid dream, which is a play on the title Lucy Dreaming. Bingo. Um, she She acts more like I would suspect a teen to act. She's being the the this macho guy is saying like, "Oh, I'd like to be in that dream of yours," and giving her like these weird smiles and winks, and she's like, "That's inappropriate as hell." <laughs> like, yeah, little dream yeah. dream boat that, eyes. That's that yeah. teen like invincible. Like, I'm just gonna say what comes out of what comes out of my mouth. Like, no filter. Uh, the head writer of this is in a, a very popular band called Say Anything. Um, Which makes music for angsty teens. Yes. So, does, do you think he brings this comic book on tour with him and autographs it? <laughs> he do they tour? I th- they did. Yeah, they're back. Coheed and Cambria has a comic book. Uh, oh, My boy. Chemical Romance has a comic book. This is a, if you young animal. Yeah. If a you, whole series. A whole of comic series. Books. If you were a mall punk band. In the odds, <laughs> you get a comic, a comic book. book now. Yeah, you get a comic oh, book. Man. You get a comic <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Because I, I had this idea. Uh, kid, kid dreams shit and uh, gets to act them out, and her parents tell her that she has powers. But Mike Russo wasn't in a mall punk band. So. Yeah. Nope. Oh, sorry, nope. Budget King wasn't in a mall punk <laughs> band. I don't mean to reveal my identity on this podcast. I'm still waiting for like some 41's comic book to come out. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, simple plan. Uh, yeah. So this is just, um, a Star Wars trope. The story that she's in. Except for Han Solo is the bad guy, ends up being the bad guy. Well, it also depends really on how you know view Star was, Wars. But I think That's she was just using, like, a modern commentary on the fact that you're not really the great good guy that comes in and you're not going to save me type of thing. Right. But the villain that ends up becoming the good guy towards mm-hmm. the end, I guess he does reveal to her that her dad has had these dreams before too yes and that he knew him long ago but somehow got lost in his dream but i think i i don't know there's just layers of this book that i really liked and it made it really in engrossing like when the when she's popping the heads off of these aliens they're like verbally explaining how much pain they're in 
and like how they it's like eating copper soup as they're laying there <laughs> dying and their it's blood is funny. just spilling everywhere. Yeah. I think one of the brilliant things about this is like say anything as a band is like they may be popular to teens, but they are trying to write music that is good for adults. And I think that's the same thing as this book. It's like it seems like a book on surface level that's a teen book and it has these like really exciting moments where it's like not a teen book and then that gets me excited to yes. read the rest of the series. Yes. I would I would fully agree with that. <laughs> I think we should clarify we didn't hate this comic. No. Okay, no, no that's <laughs> what I was I wanted to bring it back around because you should get this book. It's fun. It's awesome. It's a one of five, so it won't be ongoing, but it's it's definitely worth reading and worth getting invested in, I think. Next up, we got Usagi Yojimbo, The Hidden, out on Dark Horse. If you don't know, Usagi Yojimbo is a comic that has been uh, written, illustrated, um, created all by Stan Sakai for years. Um, he has a close tie with old fans of uh, Ninja Turtles universe. Usagi is set in the same idea that these are ninja animals uh, that can do things. And actually, they're samurai um, animals that are uh, anthropomorph- anthropomorphic and exist in this world. And so here we find Usagi in another uh, a small adventure. If you had not known anything about Usagi before, come in and, and jump in here and, and start this story. We should mention how fucking awesome he is at some point. Dude's a machine. Yeah. he's And he's the nicest motherfucker you will ever meet. He comes to all our cons and he signs our shit. And like, I honestly buy every number one Usagi. doesn't matter what variant it is because I have had some of the most like real organic experience with a comic book person ever from him. So. Yeah. He's such a good dude. He's genuinely happy that you're buying his product, and he will go out of his way to talk to you, to sign whatever you want, and he'll, without provocation, do a little doodle on your comic book. Oh, I love it. When I saw him, I had one of his, it was one of the first times he brought Ninja Turtles into Usagi, which is something he does a lot, and he was like, you want a turtle on the front? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want a turtle (laughs) on the front. (laughs) And so, he's just so cool. Um, Anyway, we got another adventure starting here. This is the time to drum, jump on on Usagi because, holy cow, Batman, religious overtones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some crazy-ass, like, Japanese history going on in here. And at one point in time, they make Usagi step on a cross. And I was like, ooh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but it's it's paralleling. If you've ever seen the movie Silence, um, the uh, Scorsese. Martin Scorsese yeah. uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, the same history is happening here in Usagi. And so they're going to intermix that with this essentially lighthearted samurai animal warrior uh, book. You guys read Usagi before? What'd you think? I had never read it before. This was my first one, and I thought it was awesome. First part was that there was no color and just like the way that it's drawn and it's like really active and the line works really cool. And I thought that part like moved it along and the story was very historical and also like informative, but their rabbits and stuff so it's just like it was it was doing both things at once i thought it was good the only disappointing thing was is i was like oh hell yeah it's gonna be like anti-christian like blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like he had the, in his like little uh write-up it was like this is the history of actually what happened in mm-hmm. japan which is also good right. too i was looking up stan sakai i thought it was cool because they were talking about how he was also like a japanese cinema buff 
and like was referencing a lot of like films and like film history of these retellings. Kurosawa. And Kurosawa, Kira Kurosawa, and all, like you, which has a Yojimbo and Rashomon mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I thought that was kind of refreshing to see uh, compared to like the Marvel ones where it seemed like they were making things for the movies that they already make. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like it it's, wasn't in yeah. reference to something that they just like enjoyed, which was their own culture and cinema and history. So I thought that was neat. That yeah. is, I'm so glad you brought that up because when he said Yojimbo or when he said Ronin, he also explains what those words mm-hmm. mean. Mm-hmm. But I was like, those are movies I like. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, his knowledge of the subject matter is intense, and it speaks to his dedication. But maybe that's why he's able to bring it in pretty seamlessly. And still make it fun because he just synthesizes it for for you because he knows it. Definitely. Yeah. If he doesn't go down as one of the greatest pioneers of the comic book uh, land, landscape or the medium of, that is comic books, like, it'll be a fucking cold day in hell. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to say about that, Mike D told me this and somebody clarified this is true. I think his, like, wife died of uh, a terminal illness. You're right, oh, yeah. No. And oh. and then I think he just continued on fucking writing um, and has said something to the effect of, like, you know, this is, it was almost a coping mechanism for him to, like, help get over that. Yeah. So that, that in and of itself, he's just such a, he's a master of the comic book form, and um, he knows his stories so well. This is really the, what, like, a book couldn't do this, a movie couldn't do this, to, like, tell a story for these many years in this way. Um, no, that's a really cool thing about the medium. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought up it being in black and white. It didn't ever feel like an unfinished comic book to you. It didn't. I think the way that it's, I think the way that it's drawn, it was like filled in enough that it did that it seemed intentional. Mm-hmm. Great week for comic books, like most weeks that we had. So this is super cool. We close it out now. I think so. Tear, but yes. <laughs> First issue club is a podcast. It's also a community that we're so glad that you. Uh, participate in or listen to. Um, if you do, tweet at us. Um, we're on all the social medias. Um, Twitter's where we're most active, but got a Facebook, got a email, all of that kind of good stuff. Instagram. Yep, Instagram. Instagram, our Instagram is like on point. It literally is the best Instagram you'll ever fucking see from a comic book podcast. I've much never less seen one better. Another podcast. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just check it out and just like, if you're a marketing person, just show this to them and you'll get a promotion. Um, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. By them, we mean your boss. Yeah, sorry. Them. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're recorded in KCUR 89.3 Studios. Um, our music is from Primary Color Music. We're so thankful to have them doing some great work on us um, or for us. And then, uh, They're also doing some us. great work on us. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've never uh, felt so limber. <laughs> We're also part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Got a bunch of cool podcasts on there. Check them out and have yourself a grand old fucking day doing that. It's uh, time to close. It's that time again. Do we say Matthew Hodap? Oh, yeah. Matt Hodap edits and produces this podcast, which we're also thankful for. Most days. <laughs> <laughs> All days. <laughs> I'm just joking. Matt, you're a fucking gem. Yeah. We say a lot of stuff to Matt that doesn't make the podcast that I'm sure he's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> these sorry motherfuckers. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, we'll close out? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is Greg Liktai signing off. I am Caitlin Morasek, and I will show myself out. 
I'm Will Tony. Peace. <laughs> I am Budget King. <laughs> Coming through the office with your green, you have bills to pay. Don't worry, it will be okay. My Excel sheets take care of you. They are not fake. <laughs> Please keep going. You have to keep going. That was incredible. That's all I had. Oh, my God. You <laughs> nailed it. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> bye. <laughs>